Yes, and your life counts, and enthusiasm definitely makes a difference. Hello, and welcome to the Sudden Eye Impact Show with your host, Lee, coming to you from the DFW Metroplex. On the Sudden Eye Impact Show, we have fun together, we learn together, and we encourage one another. On the Sudden Eye Impact Show, we discuss a variety of topics, such as, but not limited to, 100% responsibility, accountability, accountability partners, mentorship, the power of belief, the power of thought, the power of expectation, the power of words, consciousness, awareness, and becoming the observer, to name a few. On our show, we share concepts, principles, processes, and systems that work when you work them that deliver good and great results. Our show's vision, mission, purpose, and intention is to discuss simple, basic, fundamental ways to help everyday people experience more fulfillment, satisfaction, enrichment, enjoyment, health, mental health awareness, and overall peace to utilizing your own latent resources that lie dormant within you. The Sudden Eye Impact Show is spiritual, inspirational, and motivational, expressing electrifying, energetic, powerful, and transformational content that anyone can learn and apply consistently in any area of their life to either change their life for the better or continue working to change their life for the best. Today, we have a special, distinguished, decorated, and celebrated gift, Miss Victoria Gallagher. She is a worldwide leader in hypnotherapy, a best-selling author, international speaker, life success coach, and renowned authority on the law of attraction. She has dedicated her life to empowering people all over the world to successfully live a life of liberty aligned with their dreams through her effective meditative recordings and online courses. Victoria hosts the popular Law of Attraction show, The Power of Your Mind podcast, featuring industry experts. The Victoria Gallagher has shared over 20 years of wisdom and techniques in hypnotherapy, Law of Attraction, visualization, NLP, meditation, personal growth, positive affirmations, and other modalities. With no further ado, we bring to the stage Miss Victoria Gallagher. How are you doing? Woo! I am great. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction, Dwight. I am excited to be on your show. I love all of the topics that you just went through, taking responsibility, having integrity, good, good stuff. So I am delighted to be a part of this show. Hey, I'm so excited to have you. Um, please tell everybody, you know, uh, a little bit about yourself. I know I gave you an introduction, but tell them a little bit about your story and then uh, definitely give them, you know, your websites and how they can get in touch with you and how they can get your product and things of that nature before we get started. Absolutely. So I got started about 1999 as a hypnotherapist. I was about uh, 22 years ago. Prior to that, I was a stockbroker making a, really a great living. I was married, had a house, had all the things that a person would strive for in my late 20s, had it all figured out and making a six-figure income Everything was just going great, but I couldn't get out of bed. <laughs> and I started really feeling depressed and anxious and uh, just like, what the heck is wrong with me? I should be happy and look at all the success and everything that I have. I, I've been able to achieve all of my goals. It was, you know, it seemed like it would be great on the outside, but on the inside, I was just kind of dying and listless and lost my passion for um, what I was working on. And so 
I found myself seated in the first row of a personal development seminar called Size Seminars, and this was in actually in 1998. And during that four days, I completely changed my whole entire perspective of life and created a new awareness. And I just wanted everyone to experience this new awareness that I, that I had. Like, I really felt like I had just seen Disneyland for the first time and, or, you know, the, maybe the way that some people feel when, you know, they first experienced God for the first time. I mean, that's what it was like. It was just this very profound experience. And I wanted to share that with people. And I had a really hard time, though, getting people to come and experience this days. They thought it was a cult. <laughs> and so I said, okay, well, what is it that I most enjoyed about this. And and the thing that I most enjoyed was doing the meditations, doing the closed eye techniques, doing the visualizations. And that's really where the transformation was taking place. And one day I just said, I've got it. I'm going to make these, I'm going to make recordings and I'm going to share and I'm going to create a website and I'm going to sell these recordings, uh, you know, uh, for, very, very little investment. You know, you're not going to have to go and invest four days of your life. You're not going to have to go and, you know, make the kind of financial investment that I made. You can just buy these online and download them and, or at the time they were cassettes, I'll admit it was a lot that long ago. (laughs) So you could order one through the mail uh, and, and you could change your life. And that's what I decided that I wanted to do. And I didn't know at the time that that was going to be hypnotherapy. I, I didn't know, you know, exactly how that was going to look. I, you know, was just calling them, medi- I was calling them visualizations. And I wanted to get some credentials. And so I just kind of began a search to figure out, like, well, what would what would validate this process that I'm, that I'm doing? Like, what is this called? What, what do I need to become? And what, you know, what would make this valid? And I stumbled upon a hypnotherapy certification course and I took it. And like, that was immediately like a change of career for me. I mean, it just, I got my intention so clear that this is what I was doing that I uh, had this epiphany in January, by February, I was taking the class, and by July, I quit my six-figure-year job um, and started my full-time practice and started selling these amazing programs online, and that was July 1999, and I've never looked back. Wow. So where can they get your product? Or how do they get your product? So, you know, by now, I've, I've developed over 600 um, hypnotherapy recordings. And there are multiple ways that they can get them. They can get them um, on my original website that I created way back then called hiptalk.com. But more recently, what I've done, rather than having people, you know, uh, I mean, to, 
to get my whole catalog, you'd have to invest probably $20,000 uh, to get access to everything. And so what I've done is I've created an app, which people can download from the app stores, and it's just a monthly subscription app, and they can access my entire library for a very low monthly investment, and that app is called HypnoCloud, and it's available in uh, and, and if they go to my website, Victoria M. Gallagher, they you'll find the the app there. You'll find books that I've written, courses that I've developed. Pretty much everything um, is accessible through that website, Victoria M. Gallagher. Nicely stated. Would you give us a brief lesson on Law of Attraction? Oh, yeah. I'd love to. I'd love to. So, so, you know, and various different teachers, they teach law of attraction so differently. Um, many people that are listening, maybe they've heard about law of attraction through the movie The Secret, which really gave the law of attraction its popularity um, in, a, in a much bigger way than ever before. And, you know, so... The way I describe law of attraction is a lot different. Um, the most, in the most simple terms, the law of attraction is that you get whatever you put your attention, energy, and focus on, whether that be positive or negative. And you know, so the, in a nutshell, that's that's what it is. But to really break it down into terms that people can fully understand, I uh, came up with the eight manifesting conditions. And so the law of attraction is occurring. It's, it's occurring all the time. But it's occurring intentionally when you are in alignment with these eight manifesting uh, conditions. Those manifesting conditions being that you have a specific desire um, that you're very clear on, that you're in alignment with your your thoughts, what you're continuing to think. And we think about 50 to 70,000 thoughts in any given day. It's going to be completely impossible to ever get all of those 50 to 70,000 thoughts in alignment because most of those thoughts we're not even conscious of. But if you can get the, the thoughts that you are aware of and start bringing some awareness to, like, what am I thinking that's creating my reality? So when you notice yourself starting to think about what you don't want, it's about switching that over to thinking about what you do want instead. And so many people are in the habit of thinking about what they don't want. Oh, the traffic, or oh, I've got to lose weight, or oh, you know, and they, they, they state things in ways that is moving away from something that they don't want. But that's still giving focus and energy and attention to that. So it's super important to get aligned with, starting to, you know, change the things that we're complaining about to what is it that we prefer instead. Um, so that's, that's the second manifesting condition is our thoughts. The first is desire. The second is our thoughts. 
The third manifesting condition um, has to do with our imagination. Um, you know, Albert Einstein even said that you know the imagination is so important. It's more important than the knowledge. And, and it's true, and so many Law of Attraction teachers do talk about imagination. Um, and imagination, you can really tap into the imagination through visualizing, through visualizing with feeling. And so, uh, ha- so what is it that is going through that visualization? What are you, you know, what, what, you know, what are you visualizing throughout the day? And that also needs to be in alignment. Um, next, you know, we come to the all important beliefs. If you tell yourself, you know, I want this, but you just don't have the belief that it's going to happen, chances are you're going to sabotage your uh, ability to bring that into fruition. So the beliefs, what you believe, not only at a conscious level, but at the subconscious level, because that's where most of the beliefs are stored, is at the subconscious level. So getting those beliefs in alignment is the fourth manifesting condition. Um, the fifth manifesting condition is about the emotion, your vibration. Um, those are two things that are uh, very synonymous. A lot of a lot of times people hear about this word vibration, and that kind of throws people off. They don't really understand what that exactly means. Like, is that casting some kind of energy out to a genie in the universe somewhere that's going to come back and grant our wishes because our vibration is in alignment, and that's not necessarily what it means at all. Um, What it really means is it's your energy in motion and your your emotion. And so if you, you know, if you wake up and you're feeling sad and depressed and unmotivated, guess what? You're probably going to avoid taking the actions or come off in a certain way that isn't, um, you know, isn't conducive to getting and attracting what you want. So the vibration is, is really all about feeling as if your manifestation is happening. And that's the fifth manifesting condition. The sixth one is about really um, creative attraction. And what that is, it's, it's really about, you know, when you have all these other manifesting conditions in alignment, you actually will start to receive in intuitive guidance and insights from your from your intuition and where is that intuition connected to i believe that intuition is connected to the super conscious the infinite intelligence that the god the universe the intelligence that really connects all of our our thinking so it's really the ability to tap into that and from that like really listening and taking what is the seventh manifesting condition, the inspired action. The inspired action, not the forced actions, not the thing that you see David out there doing this, so maybe that means I need to do that. That's coming from your logic and reason. Um, Inspired action comes from your heart. It comes from 
your being completely in alignment and going with that flow of what is it that this infinite intelligence is asking me to act on. And so that, and, and it's, it's action that feels good, you know, not action that you think you should be doing, but action that you feel like doing. Um, Cause I, I believe that, you know, I mean, even though we, people might work hard, um, that, that hard work shouldn't feel like heavy and horrible and like, like a drudgery. It should feel like, something you really, really enjoy doing. I, I believe everybody is meant to do, is put on this earth to do what they enjoy and what they love doing. Uh, so then that brings me to the eighth manifesting condition, which is the manifestation itself and how you, how you respond to what you've manifested. Are, you know, and, and the manifestation is either on the positive side or the negative side. It's taking responsibility and taking ownership of everything that you have in your life and realizing that all of these manifesting conditions, whether you acted, you know, whether these created a positive result or they created a negative result, Owning that and taking responsibility for that and realizing that we are creative beings. We are creators and being grateful for what we have manifested and knowing that, hey, if I manifested some things that I'm not really happy about, then guess what? If I, if I take ownership over the things that I've manifested I'm not happy about, that means I can go through these steps in a way that's going to create a result that I do want. And then also just being grateful and acknowledging and celebrating what you have manifested because the universe, you know, or even your subconscious mind tends to give you more of what you're focused on. So if you're focused on what you have created by being grateful for it, guess what? You're going to create more of that. So that is my, <laughs> that's my lesson for law of attraction for today. That is phenomenal. Will you talk to us and deep dive into what consciousness and awareness is and how it relates to law of attraction, please? Absolutely. Well, so I consider consciousness and awareness you know, really being uh, aware of of your yourself and noticing how you're how you're being, how you're think, how you're you're feeling, and you know, and really like listening to the various different voices that are coming through you. It's about really taking that time to to listen but not just with your ears but listen with your heart and tuning in to the the guidance that's always there always letting you know which direction to go next and 
you know, and, and, and just being present in, in each moment. As you're more present in each moment, you're, A, allowing yourself to receive the gift of each moment because every moment is a gift. And so as we are present and we're really tuned into our mind, sorry, I'm getting a a little bit of an echo, so it's throwing me off a little bit right now. (laughs) You're fine. That's okay. Uh, so it's about being present, being aware of your, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your behaviors, and, and just, you know, really bringing the best you forth as you become more aligned and, and in touch with, with awareness and, and consciousness. Nicely stated. Victoria, please talk to us about the subconscious and how we can, I guess, flip the belief that's not serving us and unlock our greatness. Absolutely. So first, it's it's important to understand that there are three levels of mind. And you have the two levels of your mind are personal and one level of the mind is impersonal. The two levels of your mind that are personal belong to you, that are you know part of part of you, part of your own energy system is your conscious and your subconscious. And the part that the third part that's impersonal, but that we are all plugged into, is the superconscious. That's the third part, and it's impersonal. And when I say it's impersonal, what I mean by that is that it's a reflection. It's ultimately just giving you whatever you are. And so however you are is ultimately um, what's attracting to you the, the people, the situations, the circumstances. So diving into our own uh, subconscious mind, our, our subconscious mind, you know, is driving all of our behaviors. It's really driving us to be more and receive more of what its major thought process is. So from the time that we are like zero to six years old, we are, we have Zero conscious mind, the conscious mind that I told you about that's part of us. We have no conscious mind. We have no, and and the conscious mind is the logical reasoning part of our mind that's, you know, this making on-the-spot decision. It's our willpower. It's the part that we're very consciously aware of at all times. The deeper, more powerful part of us is our subconscious mind. Um, that's like 90, 95, maybe even 99% of our mind. Um, it is driving everything that you do. It's driving how you predominantly think. Um, and it's, it's where the belief system is contained. It's where all your programs are contained. 
So where do you get these programs from? And most of these programs, understand, most of these programs came from childhood. Like the, by the time you're six years old, about 80% of your programs, how you're going to show up in the world, are already in place. They're in your subconscious mind. And, and you didn't have any choice over what programs got put there between zero and six years old. Zero choice. You had zero ability to filter out any of the conversations that were happening in and around you by your family members, by your friends around you, by neighbors, by clergy, by whoever influenced you. You had no choice. So if you grew up in a family and you heard things like, you know, you're never going to amount to anything or um, money is the root of all evils or, you know, and you hear these things on a constant daily basis, guess what? This is going to be your predominant belief system. And so that's what's going on in the subconscious mind is typically all this negative programming. Now, the subconscious mind also has, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's responsible for everything. It's responsible for your heart beating, your breathing, um, all of your bodily functions, all of your involuntary, all of your voluntary um, bodily functions, everything. So because there's so much sophisticated stuff happening at the subconscious level of mind, um, you know, the brain is like really set up where it's hard to get in there to change that wiring around. Because if we were just able to instantly say something to change our subconscious mind, we could literally tell our heart to stop beating and it would. Right, so we can't we can't really uh, influence the subconscious mind readily with our you know just conscious words. We have to, um, you know, we have to sneak these these new suggestions in there, in, and and kind of put ourselves into the state of hypnosis, um, which we it go in and out of many times during the day. People just aren't aware of it. But uh, we have to talk to the subconscious mind in a very specific way to get new programming to take place. And, and that new programming takes place through habit and, rep- habit and repetition, through, uh, you know, auto-suggestion, through heightened emotional experiences, and, you know, and, and through that process, you know, we can rewire what that subconscious mind is telling us that we are capable of, of doing in our lives. And uh, so that's ultimately, that's, that's a little bit of a understanding of how the subconscious mind works. Wow. Will you talk to us about the I am power? And can you, sorry, getting a feedback. Is there any way to get that, get rid of that feedback? Oh, he'll clean it up. I'm not sure what's going on. Okay. It's just, you know, when you hear your voice back uh, echoing, it's a little hard to. (laughs) 
Yeah, his system will clean it up. Yeah. Okay, ask your question again, please. Yeah, will you talk to us about the I am power or? I am, yes. Okay. So the I am ultimately is that anything that we say after the word I am goes into the subconscious mind a little easier. It has, it's, sorry, it's so hard to, to do this with the feedback coming into my ear. So the, so the I am, you know, it has to do with, uh, you know, anything that, uh, you know, you say after I am, the subconscious mind typically believes it. I mean, it's really pretty simple. Um, we say these suggestions to ourselves all the time. You know, I am stupid or I am ugly or I am uh, poor or any of that. We say these things and they just slip in so easily that, uh, you know, and, and they're, it's extremely powerful to, uh, you know, it's extremely powerful any, anything that that's gets stated after I am. So the the key to working with this power of I am is to number one just be very aware of any of your I ams when you notice yourself saying something negative that comes after I am you want to flip that into what is it that I want to be who do I want to be in this moment and then just begin to flip that into something that is believable. Um, I like to, um, I like to use softer suggestions. And when I say softer suggestions, what I mean by that is like, if you just said, I am wealthy, right? You're, you have a tendency to reject that if you don't have that as part of your predominant belief system. Um, because you know, like you'll, li- you'll literally hear yourself. If you say like, I am a millionaire, right. And you just keep saying that, you know, it's just getting rejected. So what I like to, what I like to suggest to people is that you soften up that suggestion with something with some, um, what I call statement helpers or statement starters that uh, that help those I ams to become more believable. So an example of that might be, I am taking actions each day toward becoming a millionaire. You know, and see now what you're doing is you're giving yourself that I am instruction and and you're giving it in a way that is even more powerful because you can actually believe yourself when you're saying that. So that, to me, kicks up the power of the I am. When you use these, these statement extensions and you add something between the I am and what it is that you're wanting to instruct yourself to do, 
make it more believable. I am in the process of is another really great example of a way that you could, um, you know, that, that you can, um, make that statement more believable. Nicely stated. Talk to us about self-image or self-concept. So your self-image, and these are really great questions, by the way. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I mean, you're so powerful. I just want to get all I can (laughs) to the audience. Yes, absolutely. Uh, So, you know, your self-image is ultimately, it's just simply the way that you see yourself, the way that you present yourself to the world. It's the, like you said, it is the concept that we have based on all of the subconscious programming that we have allowed ourselves to receive. And you are ultimately only going to be able to attract or accomplish what is in alignment and at the same level as your self-image. Um, so the, it's, it is the image inside of your mind. When you think about going for something, when you think about going for a job, you know, like how do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as a powerful being? Do you see yourself as intelligent? Do you see yourself as somebody who's capable of, you know, do you see yourself as a goal achiever? You know, so what is the image that you have of yourself, your thoughts? How do you, you know, do do you believe in yourself? Do you believe that you are the kind of person who's able to create results? And, you know, and if, you know, your, your self-image is not in alignment with what it is that you're going for, that's, you know, that self-image, it's in the subconscious mind. So it is something that you want to become aware of. You want to uh, think about, you know, am, am I holding myself back through what I believe uh, I am worthy of, of achieving um, based on, you know, my, my image of myself. And, and, just, and you begin to ask yourself, well, what would I need to, who would I need to be, who would I need to bring forth in order to create this reality for myself? Who do I, how do I change Um, the way I feel about myself? How do I change the way that I'm thinking about myself? What are the words that I'm thinking about myself? You know, so it's all, it's everything. The self-image is the the thoughts that you're thinking, the the image that you have of yourself, what you believe about yourself. And you have the power to change that self-image and you have to change that self-image in order for anything ultimately uh, to change. And it really begins, changing the self-image really begins by changing what you tell yourself and catching yourself when you start to tell yourself things that aren't in alignment with who you want to be. Well stated. Talk to us about a fixed mindset and growth mindset. 
Okay. So a fixed mindset is somebody who ultimately has, you know, very specific, inflexible way of, you know, of, of seeing the, the world and seeing themselves. You know, this, this is the kind of mindset that wakes up and says, you know, that just going to be another one of those days, you know, and they get into a fixed way of thinking about things. They get into a fixed way of, of believing and they're not in a growth mindset at all. You know, they're not flexible. They're not open to any new information. They're not reading, reading books. They've just pretty much just decided and made a decision at some point, at some level that this is just how I am. This is just the way the world works. Oh, that's just what happens when you get old. This is just the way women are. This is the way men are. You know, they have a very definite definition of how things are, and they're not looking at, um, at change. And, and they're afraid. I think, you know, people that have a fixed mindset, you know, there's an underlying fear of, uh, of that, um, that change and that growth because there's that fear of the unknown. It, the growth mindset is somebody who is open to all possibilities. They're open to new information. They're open to change. They're open and flexible. And, you know, they're, they're constantly learning new things. They're constantly wanting to, um, you know, to just devour information. They're, they're the kind of person who you can talk to and, and maybe even if they don't necessarily agree, they're open to listening to another opinion because, you know, this is, this is the type of person that's just, you know, the, the more information, the more you're learning, the more you're growing. They're willing to get uncomfortable. You know, they're willing to stretch themselves and, and do different things, try different things, meet different people, uh, get, uh, you know, again, the key to this growth mindset is the, the willingness and the ability to get uncomfortable. Because here's the thing, change is uncomfortable, but you have to. You have to get uncomfortable. If you are not growing, you're dying. So, so comfort ultimately means decay. So a fixed mindset is somebody who's just pretty much not willing to do the uncomfortable things to, to really live and to really be alive. You know, being alive does mean taking some risks and, and being uncomfortable and, and being willing to, to grow and to change and to evolve. That's what we're here to do. Wow. Amazing, Victoria. Talk to us about attitude. What, what does that word mean to you? What, what image comes into your head when you hear that word? So when I think of attitude, 
you know, it really falls uh, again in willingness to to take a look at yourself and and take a look at the possibilities that are that are available. It's it, it's really about your perception of what is happening. You know, some in attitude, and that's another uh, that's another thing I think Einstein talked about was was how your attitude was actually I don't know if it was an Einstein thing or if it was um, I think it was a Harvard study that there was a Harvard study done that's right where they um, they they um, discussed three different components that are crucial to a person's success the first one was information the second one is, um, no, the first one was, yeah, information. Um, let's see. The second one was, oh, skill. No, so it was skill, knowledge, and attitude. Okay, so it's how, you know, if you can, if you have a skill, that is one component that's going to help you to become successful. Um, if you have knowledge, that's another component that's going to help you uh, to become successful. But here's the thing. The most important out of these three components of success was attitude. Because if you don't have an attitude to even, like, get more knowledge or to even get the skills because with the right attitude, you can get the skills. You can acquire the skills with the right attitude. You can acquire the knowledge that you need. So I always just felt like anybody who I ever looked to hiring for a job, you know, it's, it really comes down to that, that attitude. Like, do they, you know, are they willing to, keep getting back up when they get knocked down? Are they willing to try different things? Um, because it, with the right attitude, ultimately, um, you can do anything. You can accomplish anything with the right attitude. It's the attitude that's just ultimately just going to keep you going until, until, until it happens. Wow, you're brilliant, Victoria. Talk to us about <laughs> your you. process in making, like, inform. What's your decision making process? Like, tell the audience, you know, give them steps on how to make sound decisions. You know, talk to us about your process in making important decisions. So, um, when it comes to making important decisions, you know, I would say, um, it's like, let's just say I'm making a decision uh, for my business, for example. I, you know, I really think about like, what is, you know, what is the, um, what is the result? What is the benefit that I'm ultimately looking to create? Um, do I have enough information in order to make this decision? 
is this, uh, you know, how is this decision going to benefit the whole? Is it going to benefit me? Is it going to benefit the business? Going to benefit the customers? Um, you know, what is the sustainability of this uh, decision? I really, really take sustainability into account. Like, can I systemize this? Is this is this something that when I make this decision, you know, is this going to be just something that I'm going to be able to do just this one time? Or am I going to, like, actually be able to follow through uh, on this decision? And, you know, is, is, is it, like, really important? You know, and, and so, you know, I gather as much information as I possibly can from all of those different sources. And, I, you know, I, I do find sometimes, though, you know, having said that, you know, gathering as, as much information, sometimes when it comes to making decisions, you can dwell on it a little too long and, and try to find too much information, and that has a tendency to kind of put off the decision-making. So occasionally, you know, especially with some of the more important decisions, I, as I look back on my decision-making process, I do find sometimes it's just a hunch. It's just something that you feel. It's just something that, like, I can't even necessarily explain why I'm making this decision. I just know that this is gonna, this is gonna work out. And so many times when I've just trusted my gut on making a decision, those have been the best decisions that I've ever made. The ones that I made without too much dwelling on it because you can talk yourself into or talk yourself out of anything. And sometimes when it comes to making decisions, I think, you know, it's, it's better to make a quick decision because ultimately you can't fail when you, you, you know, even if you don't get the result that you're looking for, the quicker you find that out, the quicker you're going to be able to turn around and make a new decision because making a decision isn't the last time you're going to make that decision. You you know, you're going to make decisions about that decision again and again and again. So it's really, um, you know, just, Making a decision in the first place, I think it's so important for people. I think a lot of times people have a really hard time um, trusting themselves to make the right decision, and they agonize over that. And so I just say, you know, get into the habit of just making making even small decisions, um, and the, and and noticing how you know, how those decisions turned out for you. And as you get into the habit of making more and more decisions, you're just going to find it just that you're able to trust yourself and make decisions that much more quickly as time goes on. Wow, thank you. Can I ask a question? Like, did you come from uh, a great financial background? And the reason I'm asking that is, Tell the audience, how did you know that you could go make six figures? I did not come from, I came from a mixed financial background. So 
so um, my my father, uh, who you know, my mom split from when I was like uh, six, seven years old, and you know, we went to go live with my my mom. Um, so my dad made a fairly decent living. And, um, but it was interesting, you know, because like I, I saw him, I, I saw that, you know, I had a, uh, you know, fairly, uh, wealthy father, but I did not benefit from that whatsoever. Um, my mom, on the other hand, I just saw her work really hard and, and fight over getting the, you know, child support check. So that's the person I grew up with. That's the house that I grew up with. So I, I learned some very odd things about, about money growing up that I know, you know, worked against me, um, <laughs> you know, and, uh, it was, it was just very, it was just very awkward. I mean, we we're constantly, um, wanting for, you know, for, for more. And, um, you know, we always had, you know, and, uh, food and clothing and shelter and all the basic necessities taken care of. But, you know, it was just like, I, you know, didn't get to do the, some of the things that I wanted to do that, that took more money and couldn't go on the, the ski trips with the kids and stuff like that. And so I just always knew for myself, once I broke away from that, the environment that I was living in, that I was going to make something out of myself. And I just, I don't even know really where I got the ideas that I had that I could be wealthy one day. I just like, I, I, it was really so much in my own imagination. I mean, I just, I thought that I was going to be a, big famous singer one day. That was my original goal and that I was going to be a big famous singer. And, you know, that, that changed when I got uh, a little older and started making my own money. Uh, but I just, I just knew somewhere deep inside of me that I had it in me um, to, to be successful. And, and I know that it wasn't, from watching my mom and I know that it wasn't necessarily from watching my dad. However, I did get a little appetizer of what that was like, you know, when I'd go and visit him for summer vacations and things like that. Um, but interestingly enough, my father died broke. We buried him in a pine box um, because he was, you know, he was very foolish with his money, you know, he had his little prime where he made some good money, but he just was very foolish uh, with it. And so there was, there was just that whole concept that I, that I became aware of as well and, and learned early on, you know, to be very frugal. So I've just always been extremely frugal. I mean, to, to the point that, you know, I mean, <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't go and, and, you know, I'm not the kind of girl that goes and buys, you know, red bottom shoes or, um, <laughs> you know, uh, has lavish days at the spa or things like that. Sometimes I probably should 
treat myself a little bit better. Um, but, um, yeah, learned, learned a lot of interesting things about money growing up in a very mixed, um, you know, mixed money situation between the mom and the dad. Wow, powerful share. Thank you for sharing that. So maybe yeah. there's someone in the audience and they're making like, let's say $40,000 below the average. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're living in an apartment and, you know, they have the ambition and drive and they want to make maybe seventy or $80,000 so that they can buy them a basic single family home. Would you walk us through what you would do to bring that into fruition? Yes. Um, so the very first thing uh, that I would do is, you know, I would really make a very clear statement uh, that I would write down about um, exactly how much money um, I wanted to make. Okay. Um, and I would write that down. And the second thing is I would write down all of the reasons why, you know, I wanted to make that, all the emotional reasons why I wanted to make that, that amount of money, okay? Then um, I would also check out, you know, any beliefs that would possibly be getting in my way of earning that money. Any of the things that I've learned about money, and begin to question some of those beliefs that might be silly, might be the, the type of thing that is going to, you know, stop me, and really begin to question those and create new empowering beliefs around that. Literally, when I say create new empowering beliefs, just what is the opposite of believing that way? What is the new belief? What do I need to believe in order to create that, um, you know, that, that amount of money. Because it really, really does come down 100% to mindset. It's, it's once a person learns, you know, and there, there are people that are, like, not privileged that have, you know, never even heard of becoming aware of, their subconscious beliefs and the living beliefs and learning how to properly um, think in, in ways that are going to lead them to success. And, but once you have, what do you have learned that you have the power to change your mindset, then it's a hundred percent your responsibility to to work on these, these things that you know to do, which are um, ultimately, you know, to figure out what do I need to be believing and then getting that belief installed into the subconscious mind. And that's the work. Because, see, the subconscious mind is so powerful that it will seek out validation. It will seek out how to make what you believe real. And the way that you make that real is through the process of all of these manifesting conditions that I went over earlier, and that is to, you know, visualize every single day. When you visualize, you're speaking 
to the subconscious mind in the language that the subconscious mind speaks. The language of the subconscious mind is images. And so by visualizing yourself making that money, moving into that house, and all of your other whys as to what making that money is going to allow to be possible for you, all of your whys, visualizing that, you know, every day with feeling is going to, what's, what it's going to do is, you know, it's going to set up the subconscious mind with a problem that it has to figure out and it has, and it's going to bring you ideas. Oh, maybe I need to set up a YouTube channel. Maybe I need to start this business. Maybe I need to call this person. You don't know why necessarily, um, but you you begin to get like these little tips, you know, these little ideas. And you act on those ideas and you just take one step in front of the other. And, you know, I mean, if you, you want to make $80,000 too, it's like, okay, how do I make $80,000? Like, you know, literally like, sit down and write it down. Like, do, do I want to do this through, do I want to work for somebody else? Do I want to work for myself? Okay. If I want to work for myself, what do I want to do? Do I want to create a service? Do I want to create a product? You know, okay. If I want to create a product, what's the product that I want to create? And how many of these do I need to sell in order to generate $80,000? And, you know, you can, you can do it that way as well and understand like this is the plan for creating $80,000. This is the plan. Now help me to figure out who do I need to become to carry this plan out? What are, you know, what, what are, what's getting in my way of carrying this plan out? And, you know, so that's ultimately, you know, the step that I would take if I were in that situation of wanting to, to grow. Um, I'm always in that situation, not, not in those particular dollars, but, you know, I'm, I'm working on my own plans right now on moving myself from point A to point B. And so, and really understanding what is that point A? What is that point B? Why do you want to get there? Programming that into the subconscious mind and sitting down and creating a plan of action and allowing yourself to take action when the ideas present themselves. Wow, nicely stated. This has been a phenomenal interview. The last question I'm going to ask you is to tell us about success. When you think about success, what does that mean to you? How does that make you feel? Describe it in deep detail to us. I will. Okay, so success is ultimately your ability to be, you know, to, to, to have an idea about something that you want, whether, you know, cause everybody defines what they want or what they're, what would, you know, be a success for them differently. Um, you know, if they be success in the area of love, it may be success in the area of having balance. It may be success in the area of wealth that may be, you know, success in your career. And, you know, so success is really 
your ability to create an idea and bring that to fruition. And, you know, it's, it's really your ability to accomplish anything that you set out to accomplish or achieve. It's really your ability to make yourself happy. And, you know, happiness doesn't always um, mean that you have uh, achieved a certain, you know, success level, um, you know, but it, it is the ability to be accepting of, of who, you, who you are in this moment and your ability to, you know, to, to create that state of mind, of happiness, of, of success in any moment. And, you know, so I just, I think, you know, success ultimately just kind of comes down to, you know, your ability to, 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 to feel happy with yourself. And, you know, because ultimately it's your happiness, it's your state of mind, it's your state of emotion, um, it's your ability to, um, to direct your thoughts in the direction that you want to be thinking, to direct your emotions in the direction that you want to be feeling, and, you know, to, to have that, uh, the power over your own self um, to, to get yourself um, from point A, whatever that is, whether it's a thought, a feeling, a, a, a state, a, a, a thing that you want, your ability to bring that forth, your power, your personal power to be, do, or have anything that you desire. Nicely stated. It's been a phenomenal interview in drawing to a close, I'm going to leave y'all with a few quotes. And the first one is, A dream doesn't become reality through magic. It takes sweat, determination, and hard work. Four-star General Colin Powell. If one advances confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to live the life which they have imagined, they will meet with success unexpected in common hours. Henry David Thiroux. Be the change you want to see. Be an agent of change. Be an ambassador of change. Mahatma Gandhi. First you will change you, then your world and everything in it will change. This has been a great Sudden Eye Impact show. Until the next show, keep walking by faith. Thank you so much, Victoria. Amazing show you put on. Thank you so much, Dwight. I really appreciate it. Oh, man, you were amazing. Ah, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks. You do the same. Okay, bye-bye.